Hello, everyone. It's, as usual, really good to be together. Um, today is Pentecost, and um, I was asking Father, like, what, how do you see it today? Um, and how do you want us to see it today? Because um, I think, Father, you're not really interested in celebrating just to celebrate. Um, but there is something, um, what I saw was like a, a, like your spirit is always acting, you're always pouring out, you're always eager to um, give us a fresh outpouring of your spirit. But today, today especially, Father, I felt that there is a special open door for us that if we, um, if we earnestly ask you, which we will, if we earnestly ask you today, we want a fresh wind of your spirit. We want to experience the fragrance of heaven and bring it down here. Mm -hmm. um, if we say these things and ask you in earnest, there is like a special invitation in a sense today. There is a special invitation today. So Father, I just want to say um, together we say yes. We say yes to this invitation and that's how, um, that's how we'd like to start, Father, the afternoon. Giving you full access, full, full permission, um, full reign. Um, yeah, it's all you, Father. We need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. We need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour Oh, yeah. 
sometimes we get, we just get lost in saying the same thing over and over again. But there's a reason why I'm repeating, Father. There is a persistence that you're asking for. Yeah. Will you ask it? Will you keep, keep asking it? I know these past few weeks and months you've been asking for my spirit. And my spirit is there with you. But will you persist? Will you keep asking? Keep asking because the clouds are full. The clouds are full of rain. I'm ready to release them. But will you persist, my church, my bride? Will you persist in asking, in asking in earnest? Will you keep asking me because I'm ready? But I want to see how much you want it. I want to see how much you want it. So, Father, we are asking, we are asking this, this afternoon, pull your spirit out. Pull your spirit out. Thank you for showing us that your clouds are full. You're ready to release rain after rain after yeah. rain of life. Yeah. So pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Oh, pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. of heaven or oh, pour your spirit out pour your spirit out as a body together we want a fresh wind the fragrance of heaven pour your spirit out pour your spirit of heaven pour your spirit out pour your spirit out we want a fresh wind the fragrance of heaven pour your spirit out pour your spirit
each of our homes in our own words with our own voice we just communicate our invitation how we want how we're persisting how we want a fresh wind and as we do you're saying the fragrance of heaven will fill the earth it will fill the earth it will fill the earth so we ask you holy spirit we want to catch a glimpse of how you are today, not yesterday or the years past. Because you are ever present, you are ever doing things anew. You're ever on the move. Give me a slightly higher note. Spirit move too high. <laughs> Spirit move in your temple. Spirit move in my life. Spirit move I am yielded. Spirit move I am here. Cool. We'll go into the teaching, guys. Spear. Too high. Something slightly lower. Spirit, spirit move. No, lower. Spirit move in your temple. I want to take the higher of that. Spirit move in your temple. Spirit move in our lives. Spirit move, I am yielded. Spirit move, I am here. Spirit move in your temple. Spirit move in our life. Spirit move, we now are yielded. Spirit move, we are here. Spirit of God, we'd love to be more formal, but um, it doesn't serve your purpose. You are perfect. I don't know how you handle so many imperfections, but you handle it so well. I sometimes secretly think you um, kind of like weakness because you can move in and make those places strong. 
But what we are doing here is not weak, it's simple. And you love simple. You love simple. Jesus was simple, wasn't he? No show to him. Nothing that would have people attractive, attracted to him. That's what it says in Isaiah 53. There was nothing about him that attracted people to him. Very, very ordinary, very average. You love that, don't you? The splendor of God that you want to display is displayed best through that which is average. That which is weak. So we come boasting of our averageness and our weakness like Paul did. So that your strength, Spirit of God, may be known today through our average jars of clay. They aren't even polished. Yeah. So let's go, Spirit of God. I know you've got lots of stuff you want to do. Cool. Um, I'll just ask Derek to come up. And ask Sheldon to come up. Come, Sheldon. Sure. This is the time for announcements, so... Sheldon's tying up his shoes. This is not exactly the week. Not you. Where do you think you are going? Okay. Uh, could you come closer? <laughs> A little closer, Sheldon. Guys, this is what I meant by weakness, uh, averageness. Look at their pants. Uh, let's just let's just pray for Derek. He's uh, off on his um, m- uh, trip to India on Friday, and uh, uh, he's going to get married on the 28th of June. But he's leaving on the 28th of May. I have no idea why one needs one month <laughs> prep to get married, but uh, that's how it is. So let's just pray for him before he leaves, because. Uh, uh, we won't be seeing him next Sunday. So Jeevan's gone. Derek's gone. Jeevan's not come back. Hopefully Derek will come back. So I want to pray a prayer that will make him come back. So I'm taking it from the Bible. So, reading from Genesis 24. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all that he had, Put your hand under my thigh that I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but will go to my country and to my kindred and take a wife for my son, Isaac, in this case, Derek. The servant said to him, perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land which you came from? Abraham said, see to it that you do not take my son back there. 
The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred and who spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. So that's what we'll pray. (laughs) So Father... Uh, there's two things I want to pray from Genesis 24, as funny as it is when you apply it. The first is, Father, would you send your angel ahead of him? In a land that is just being ravaged by COVID right now, would you send your angel ahead of him? Would you send your angel ahead of him, clearing the way? Would you send your angel ahead of him so that no plague, no uh, arrow that flies by the day, no pestilence that flies by the night uh, will affect him? That no... Uh, evil will come near his tent. And that I, I pray the same thing for his to be soon-to-be wife, Iris, that the same thing applies to her. A father, that in their decision-making, they will follow the laws of the land, they'll not deviate from your uh, voice and command, and that they will do things as you lead them and will not come under the pressure of society or culture, that they'll refuse it. And that they will choose, that Derek will choose to be connected, to stay connected every day with the people that he belongs to. Every day. Father, these are things you're both asking us to pray for him and you're also saying it to him. And then, Father, I pray that when it is time for him to return, which is around the 8th of August, that's when he plans to return. If that date changes, I pray that he will hear and wouldn't care two hoots about money and would take the next flight and come home. But should it be August 8th, I pray that flights back will open up for him so that he can come back to this land. So we bless this journey, Abba. We bless this journey in the name of Jesus Christ. Let it be successful. Let it be fruitful. And let him wear pants that are of a different color, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Thank God May's shade was a little different. (laughs) Uh, Guys, the second announcement I have is that uh, it is possible that uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry, DBH from now on, will perhaps allow us to gather together in uh, uh, church space starting next week. It is a possibility. It's not a guaranteed thing. could be the usual 50 as before or 25% of capacity. If it's 25% of capacity, that would mean about 18 to 20 people at Pilgrim or even here where we are uh, live streaming from. If it is 18 to 20 people, then we might have two services. Um, If it is 50, then we'll go with what we normally went with. But we'll find out this week, but I want you to be aware of it, that next week we could go back into the difficult place of seeing each other in flesh face to face. Yeah? Can't switch off. Can't put on mute. Enjoy it for one more live stream. And then the last announcement for now is, it's Rhonda's birthday. So uh, let's do that thing so that 
people think they're being treated equally, let's just sing happy birthday to Rhonda. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, happy birthday, dear Rhonda. Hey, happy birthday to you. They all text me from the same phone, Mark, Rhonda, and Tate, so I thought it was Mark's birthday. Thank God I found out in time. Alrighty, so let's go into the teaching. Okay, so we do the second part of uh, Sardis now. Uh, yesterday we started on the first part. We were talking about the Church of Sardis, and yesterday we began um, uh, learning about the sevenfold spirit, the sevenfold spirit. And so today we continue with that theme. If you want to understand today's teaching uh, better, it is best that you go and listen to yesterday's teaching. Otherwise, uh, the, continu the, the continuity won't be the same for you. And by the way, where were you yesterday when we were teaching? What were you up to? There were just 85 people on live stream. What about the 200 others? Anyways, um, you might have to just... Yeah, so guys, today is Pentecost. And Pentecost comes from another word, Shavuot which was basically a time of harvest or gathering of wheat. So nowadays, this part of it is completely forgotten. What we remember is Pentecost either, uh, most of us remember it as the Acts 2 um, uh, story, uh, the Acts 2 narrative where the Holy Spirit fell upon the 120 gathered in the upper room. And uh, we don't remember the idea of the harvest and the gathering of wheat, nor do we remember that the first Pentecost or the first Shavuot for Israel was when they received the Torah on Mount Sinai. The giving of the law. That was the first Pentecost. 50 days after Passover, 49 days after Passover on Mount Sinai, they received the law. And so those are the two main things Pentecost is now remembered for in, in, in a Jewish, um, um, uh, from a Jewish perspective, those are the two reasons it's remembered for. That one, the Torah was given 14, 49 days after Passover and after they left Egypt. And the other one was that it was uh, the harvest of wheat that they were celebrating. So I just thought I'll let you know that. But most of the things that we'll be talking about today is what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us. And uh, I'm going to speak in first person Holy Spirit, not first person Jacob or He'll be the one who's saying, I want to do this. What do you think? Here's my question to you. Because that's the way he told me to write it, and so that's the way I'm writing it. So, so the Holy Spirit says, 
on this Pentecost, I'm not gathering you. I'm scattering you like seed. On this Pentecost, I'm not gathering you. I'm scattering you like seed. Jacob just told you about the Pentecost being a time of gathering of the wheat harvest. But I want to say to you, the Holy Spirit says, that on this Pentecost, I'm not gathering you. I'm scattering you like seed. And he wanted us to understand what he means by scattering. He literally wants me to show you what he means when he says, I'm scattering you like seed. He says, it would be like me carrying a small pouch of seed on my side, and I take my hand and reach into that pouch and I pick it up. And I am the Holy Spirit. I know how to do this. But I scatter you. I scatter you as seed. I'm not here to gather you this Pentecost. I scatter you as seed. Now when farmers do it, it falls on all kinds of soil. But when I scatter it, it falls where I want it to. And then he wants us to know that even if Dr. Bonnie Henry allows gathering next week, my operative word over you is we are seed for the Holy Spirit scattering from this day on. Even if Dr. Bonnie Henry allows you to gather next week, my operative word, says the Holy Spirit, is that you must keep saying, gathering or not, we are seed for the Holy Spirit scattering today. Every day. Can you, Jacob, say that we, can you say it on behalf of Acts 29, Jacob, since you are the pastor, since you have been placed in charge, can you say every day on behalf of Acts 29 so that you cover anyone who doesn't say it, that the operative word going forward is, we are seed for the Holy Spirit scattering today. The Holy Spirit says, I want to do for you what I did in Acts 8 verse 4. And uh, read it from the message. I want to do for you what I did in Acts 8 verse 4 from the message. And it says there in Acts chapter 8 verse 4 from the message, Forced to leave home base, the Christians all became missionaries. Wherever they were scattered, they preached the message about Jesus. Forced to leave home base, the Christians all became missionaries. Wherever they were scattered, they preached the message of, about Jesus. So it doesn't matter whether it's Vancouver or Nandigama or Kerala or Vernon or Surrey. The idea is, wherever I send you from this day on for the next little while, the operative word over you is we are seed for the Holy Spirit scattering. And then the Holy Spirit says, can you raise your arms to receive this anointing? Can you raise your arms to receive this anointing? Guys, I'm just reading what he dictated. <laughs> I'm kind of enjoying it, but it's also that we don't have much of a choice when it's he who is speaking. When Jacob is speaking, you can think about it. But when the Holy Spirit is speaking, what do you do? Yeah, so the question is, after telling us about Acts chapter 8 verse 4, now he's saying, can you raise your arms to receive this anointing? So we raise our arms, Father to receive the anointing of your Holy Spirit for the scattering of seed so that we are forced into places and we, the Christians became missionaries 
And wherever they went, wherever they were scattered, they preached the message about Jesus. Holy Spirit, send your anointing. If you're sending an anointing, as in if you're sending power from heaven, oh God, that means you're, you will create opportunities. Power is not sent so that it can be kept. Power is sent so that it can be spent. Power is sent so that you can, it can be spent. Uh, Holy Spirit, every morning, could you take Acts 29 out of seed and just scatter it with that same motion you had me show? Could you do that? And so we lift our arms in just a symbolic gesture of receiving. We receive. We receive. Holy Spirit, on this church and on every church listening, we receive this anointing of scattering, of scattering seed, of scattering, of sending. Scattering is the same as sending. We receive this anointing right now. In Jesus Christ's name, hallelujah, hallelujah. And he says, if you do raise your arms to receive this anointing, I'll do what I did in Acts chapter 8, verse 4 to 40, where I'll send you to Samaritan cities. People will see clear signs of God's action. People who could not stand will begin to walk. People... um, will have evil spirits protest loudly as they are sent away. Simon the magician will be exposed. Philip will meet the Ethiopian eunuch and baptize him and then find himself in Azotus. Like Jane was saying when she started, Father, we press into this. We have longed for this. We preach it. We haven't seen it with the kind of frequency that we know you are capable of. But we press into it. We press into it. We press into it. You will not find us lacking in that. Day after day, Sunday after Sunday, we come and talk about a God who is like this. And it is only a matter of time before this God that we talk about breaks through an average ordinary people. And we thank you that you will scatter seed. You will scatter seed, Holy Spirit. And the seed that we are is basically Christ. We are just the outer covering of Christ. We look forward to this, Holy Spirit. We'll back off from it. What's a year of persistence? Nothing. Now he wants us to connect to yesterday's message where he said that he was the sevenfold spirit. We talked about how he was the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, of counsel, of understanding, of knowledge, of power or might and of the fear of the Lord. And so he wants to connect to the message from yesterday. And here's what he's saying. The sevenfold spirit says, (laughs) the Holy Spirit is saying, you need me. The Holy Spirit is saying, you, church, you need me. He's not giving us an option in this, which I just love. He's saying, Jacob, you need me. And then he outlines why I need him. Go read Ephesians 1. 17 to 20, Ephesians 1, 17 to 20. Ephesians 1, 17 to 20. I keep asking God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, 
I pray that your eyes may be opened so that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. This is the same power or the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Now go to Proverbs 23. Is it Proverbs 24? Proverbs 24. Verse 3 to 6. By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. The wise prevail through great power, and those who have knowledge muster their strength. Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. Let's look at another version. Let's take a message. It takes wisdom to build a house, and understanding to set it on a firm foundation. It takes knowledge to furnish its rooms with fine furniture and beautiful draperies. It's better to be wise than strong. Intelligence outranks muscle any day. Strategic planning is a key to warfare. To win, you need a lot of good counsel. So we're going to take both these scriptures and listen to what the Holy Spirit says. And the Holy Spirit says, you need me. And he says, you need me, just as Ephesians 1, 17 to 20 and Proverbs 24, 3 to 6 have indicated. And he says, you need me so that one, you may know God personally and know him better. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 say that. That you may know God personally and you may know him better. Jacob, you think you know God personally? You ain't seen nothing yet. Your best days still lie ahead of you, son. Acts 29, you think you know him well? You do, but you haven't even gotten halfway. I'll show you here on earth how to know him better. Second, so that your hearts, that your hearts may see with great clarity So that your hearts may see with great clarity the immensity of his plans, purpose, work, reward. Plans, purpose, work, reward. That your hearts may begin to see with great clarity the plans of God for you as a church, the purposes of God for you as a church, the rewards of God for you as a church, and the works of God for you as a church. You need me for this. You need me for this. Do not shut me out. Do not use me occasionally. Do not uh, disconnect with me for a little while. Have me deeply engaged with every moment of your life. And these are the things I can do for you because this is what the God uh, this is what the Father desires for you. This is what Christ saved you for. That you may know him better. That you may know him personally. That you may have clarity to see with your hearts the immensity of God's plans, God's purposes, God's rewards, and God's work for you. Haven't you seen already how different life has been for you over the last one and a half, two, three, four years? Can you imagine what awaits can you imagine how much richer you'll be a year from now? 
You need me for this. You need me so that you may experience and exhibit the incredibly great power I have that is available to you. No one else was there that day in the dark tomb. I was the only one there. With Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ, the anointed one, lying dead on a cold slab. I was the only one there. I was the one who brought someone who was dead with the sins of the world back to life. That's what they talk about in Ephesians 1, 18 to 20. You have no idea of how incredible my power is. Jane was right when she was talking about me and saying, persist, persist, because it's only a matter of time before I break through you. Don't back off. It's not that I haven't noticed. It's not that I'm dull. It's not that I'm deaf. I'm hearing, I'm watching, I'm seeing. But more than that, I'm examining your heart. I know which ones are mouthing and which ones are speaking out of their hearts. I know that too. You need me because it's the only way you're going to experience and exercise and exhibit the incredible greatness of my power uh, that is available to you, that is available to you. It's like a stick of dynamite all curled up inside you. It's only a matter of time. You need me because you need to become builders that you may become builders, that you may become builders of churches, Communities, cities, nations. I by trade am a builder, says the Holy Spirit. I was there when the universe was being constructed. You read about me in Genesis chapter 1. I was hovering, waiting for Christ to utter the word. I've been a builder by trade forever. It was natural therefore for Jesus to be a carpenter. When I work with a group of people, when I work with a church, it is natural for the church to build. You need me so that you may become builders of churches, of families, of communities, of cities, of nations. This is what I do. This is what Christ has always wanted. This is why everything began in a garden but ends in a city that I built. This is why Abraham saw that city. I'm a builder. You need me that you may raise that you may raise generations and furnish them with spiritual and uh, spiritual wealth and treasure.
spiritual wealth and treasure. You need me so that you may raise generations furnished with wisdom and with spiritual wealth. You need me for this. I am the sevenfold spirit. You need me for this. You read Proverbs 24, 3 to 6, and Ephesians 1, 17 to 20. This is what I do. Some of you are already doing it. You've begun the work of raising generations. Jacob, this will sound like such a plug that you are putting in for yourself, but I want to say to you that you've done well raising generations. Self-serving as it sounds, this is true of you, Jacob. And this is true of your church. You've raised generations. You, some of you are hardly 22, 23, 24, 25, and you're already raising people. This is what I do. You need me so that you may raise generations. What's going to happen next is you will begin to furnish. You will begin to furnish them with wisdom and spiritual wealth. Some of you at Acts 29 who've been around for a while, who are over 50, you think I haven't noticed how many you've raised? Patience and persistence is becoming your character. Stick with it. You need me that you may you need me that you may wage that you may wage you need me that you may wage strong war strong war with divine strategy with divine strategy you need me that you may wage strong war with divine strategy. I've always liked the way Jacob has told you that I gleefully rub my hands when I think of a battle. This is true. Of me, it was said in the Old Testament that when the enemy comes like a flood, I raise up a standard against him. Of me, it was said by Christ himself that if I cast out demons by the finger of God, the Holy Spirit, then surely the kingdom of God has come. This is who I am. I know how to wage war. I'm strategic. I think many, many steps ahead. I'm the best chess player you've met. But I want you to know that you only experience me this way if you engage in my work on earth. The reason the church does not experience this and sometimes doesn't even hear about this is because you can only experience me this way if you engage in my work on earth. One of the things I grieve about is that I have become everybody's personal Holy Spirit. And that wasn't my plan. Yes, I was supposed to bring you into intimacy with the Father. Yes, I'm the one who causes the Abba cry to just rise up out of you the moment you get born again. But I'm also the creator of the community of Christ or the body of Christ. I wasn't supposed to be 
someone's personal Holy Spirit. I was supposed to be God's Spirit on earth doing God's work through the body of Christ that he paid a price for. You don't belong to yourself. You are actually mine. You only experience me this way as you engage in my work on earth. So I've got a question for you. The Holy Spirit says, I've got a question for you. And the question is, where are you at in relationship with me in this moment in history? Where are you at? Why are you here in this moment in history, in time? And where are you at in, my relationship, in your relationship with me at this moment in time? Because if you say you're in relationship with me at this moment in time, then it, you're also saying that you are actually engaged in what I'm doing, Jacob. So here are my questions to you. One, are you here, are you here like me to bear witness to and of Christ like I used to in the Gospels and like I do every day. Are you here like me to bear witness of him to the nations? Are you here? That, is, that, is that how you relate to me? Is that why you are here in this in this moment in time? Or are you here to finish your life on earth and go to heaven? Are you here to pursue um, your work and every, your family, your marriage, your wealth, uh, your, your attendance in church, and then one day when you have more time, perhaps engage a little more? Why are you here at this moment? And where are you at in your relationship with me? Are you here like me to bear witness to and of Christ to the nations like I used to when he walked the earth and like I still do from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth? In John 16, 14, 15 and 16, Jesus said of me that I would take what was his because everything the Father has belonged to Jesus, that I would take what was his and make it known that I would witness to the truth that he was and that he spoke, that I would bear witness to him. Jesus said that about me. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said again after he had risen that, listen, the Holy Spirit, he was talking about me, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and when he comes upon you, you will be witnesses of me to Jeru in Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria and the ends of the earth. This is an old theme of God. The Father, Son and I have been doing this forever. In Isaiah 49, 6, I make the statement saying, it is too small a job for you to just congregate as a church and to just be Israel. I'm giving you as a token to the nations, as a light to the Gentiles, so that my salvation may go global. 
In Isaiah uh, 43, 10, I say the same thing. That I have chosen you, I have selected you, I have drawn you out. Why? So that I may appoint you to be a witness for me. Is this how you relate to me? Because otherwise, Pentecost is only a celebration. Are you here like me? Are you here like me to go out and gather people and one, gather people through proclamation two, raise them through discipling. This is what I do day in, day out. Every morning, and by the way, I just want you to know there's a morning happening somewhere all the time. Every morning across the earth, I am going out, gathering people through proclamation, through obedient children, and sometimes through creation, sometimes through orchestrating circumstances, sometimes through dreams and visions. I am continuously proclaiming. Somewhere at every moment of the day, when the sun comes up, I am proclaiming who Christ is. Sometimes I do it through you. I enjoy it when I can work through those that belong to me that Christ has paid with his blood for. But if you don't, I will not stop. For I use dreams and visions, I use creation, I use circumstances being orchestrated, I use signboards, I use... Tragic circumstances, I use comedic circumstances, but I am always proclaiming. Because you have no idea how much the Father, the Son, and I love mankind. You have no idea how we long for the sons of Adam and Eve to know the one that they actually belong to. Are you here like me? Or is this something you occasionally think of when you have three-day meetings or Saturday, Sunday meetings, is this what is consuming me, Jacob? Thing is, Jacob, this is not what is consuming you. And I want you to change. Oh, you thought I'll only say good things about you. This is not all consuming for you. But it is all consuming for me. So if you want to relate to me better, Persistence ain't enough. Your persistence must parallel the purposes of my heart. Your persistence must parallel the purposes of my heart. I'm talking to you, Jacob, and anyone else who is listening, because this is not all-consuming for you. Are you here, like me? Holy Spirit, I just want to say that this part I'm not very good at, but this thing I'm doing quite well, just so you know. Um, are you here? Are you here, like me, to proclaim... The year of favor and restoration. 
Are you here like me to proclaim the year of favor and restoration? Nothing excites us as a Godhead more than this. Nothing excites us. I remember the day that Jesus picked up the scroll in the synagogue. I was there. I was there because in a sense, it was his installation and it was also an acknowledgement of what I can do. I was there when he took the scroll and he opened it and then he began to read and he began to read about me from Isaiah 61. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he began to speak of what I do. I am so about restoration that your heart must wrap itself around this theme. Because like Jacob was saying a few weeks ago, the gospel restores, the gospel restores, the gospel restores. It lies at the heart of the gospel. And what fascinated me, though I already knew it, was that when Jesus came to the part where he was supposed to say the day of vengeance, he skipped it and he stopped at the day of favor. And I knew what he was doing. Because like the father wanted, he was saying, your bell has come, jubilee has come, release, restoration has come. This is what he was saying. And you don't remember it, but on May 31st last year, you preached a message called transformation and you said, release has come. And I'm saying again, a year from then, that release has come. But this is what I am doing. Are you with me? Do you relate to me like this? Persist, because I'm going to break through. Are you here, like me, to drive out the enemy and to restrain the lawless one? To restrain the lawless one. In Matthew 20, 12, 28, Jesus said that of me. I quoted that a little while ago, where he said that if I cast out demons, if I drive out demons by the Holy Spirit, then you know that the kingdom of God is in your midst. This is something I do throughout the day. I don't have enough people here on earth yet who have the passion for restoration like we do. And when I say we, I mean the Father, Son, and I. I don't have enough people with that passion for restoration. A little prayer that you whisper for the deliverance of someone, I run with. Because sometimes I need your agreement here on earth. Because the contest was never between God and the devil, it's between man and the devil. Jesus was a man who came down to win back what man had given away. He left his body here on earth so that you may begin to do the same. In 1 Thessalonians 2.7, I talk about how it is my presence here on earth that allows the earth to continue in some semblance of order. 2 Thessalonians 2.7, where I talk about I being the one that restrains the lawless one. If I wasn't here, the devil would run Amok. But because I'm here, I restrain him. I want you to do the same. I want you to restrain him. Are you here doing that? Are you here driving out the devil? Are you here restraining Satan? Because this is something that I go about doing. 
When you read Isaiah 61, what do you see there? That the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to proclaim the good news, to open prison doors, to set at liberty captives. This is what I do. This is who I am. This is what I do. If you are my temple, these are my expectations. I don't want to be your personal Holy Spirit, Jacob. I want you to be my personal Jacob. I don't want Acts 29. I don't want to be Acts 29's Holy Spirit. I want Acts 29 to be mine. I'm able to fill people when they engage in the work that I'm doing. If this is where you are at, if this is where you are at, then I say to you that I want you to engage in some symbolic actions. Why? You're not doing it for my sake, you're doing it for your own sake. Whenever, whenever the father or the son or I ask that you engage in symbolic action, don't think that we need symbols to operate by. God is spirit. The only reason I ask symbolic actions of you is so that it helps you Set a marker, set a milestone, set something here on earth that proclaims what you did. I do it for the earth, I do it for you, I do it so that the devil knows that these are a people who have left a marker on earth. You're not doing it so that you can please us. We don't need symbols. So if you say you are here because you relate to what I was talking about, if you say you are here because this is how you want to be at this moment of time in your life, then I don't know how you're going to work it out, but perhaps you can go to a corner of the room. But if you are here for these reasons, then nail your ear to the doorpost as in Deuteronomy 15.16. Deuteronomy 15.16. Deuteronomy 15:16 But if your slave because he loves you and your family has a good life with you says I don't want to leave you then take an awl and pierce through the earlobe into the doorpost marking him as your slave forever do the same with your women slaves who want to stay with you So if you are <laughs> someone who wants to relate to me the way I have said I want you to relate to me, then nail your ear to the doorpost as a sign of your willingness to be nothing more than my slave, as in God's slave, forever. Let me say that again. If you are someone who wants to relate to me this way, then nail your ear to the doorpost as a sign of your willingness 
to be nothing more than a slave forever. So I don't know how you're going to do that symbolically, but I'm going to try to do something that will let him know that I am his slave forever. So guys, I'm going to go off camera. Don't worry, I won't come back with my ears pierced. <laughs> so Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just do this on behalf of Acts 29 for those who can't do it. I literally take my earlobe and I place it near the door and I say, oh God, that on behalf of Acts 29, we really don't have any other desire. We've come far too long from where we started now to turn back. Just for that reason alone, we want to be slaves forever. Slaves forever. Slaves forever. You're giving us the freedom to walk free. You're saying your tickets to heaven are already booked. Your eternity is secure. Well, we say no, even though you give us our freedom, we want to be slaves forever. We refuse to leave. Put us to work, O oh God. Put us to work, O oh God. Put us to work, O oh God. You're a good, benevolent master. We depend on you. We own nothing. We lack nothing. Slaves own nothing. But if they have good masters, they lack nothing. So I create time, Father, for people here to do whatever they need to do. Based on Deuteronomy 15, 16, Holy Spirit, I just respond to you. I don't want to leave your service. I find it just brilliant. I don't want anything for myself. I don't want anything for Acts 29. Errand slaves, errand slaves. And after we have done all the work, we will still, still say, but we are only unprofitable servants. We come from an abject place of humility. We don't come as children of the king. We come as slaves of the king. This is why Mary was so highly regarded. She said, well then, here is your handmaiden. She was willing to be a servant placed her body on the altar saying, if this is what you say, then sure, I'm your handmaiden. Do with me as you will. Holy Spirit, I say that today with all the faith and the desire I can muster. Do with us as you will. Do with me as you will. The second thing I, the Holy Spirit, say to you is that if you relate to me this way, like I was saying before, and if you are here at this moment in time to walk with me, then I'm saying to you, kneel, and I will pour myself on you and anoint you for service. Kneel, and I will pour myself on you and anoint you for service. So, Father, I kneel.
I kneel for myself and I kneel on behalf of Acts 29 for anyone who at present can't kneel. I kneel, oh God. I don't kneel comfortably and kneel on my knees because we need this anointing. This is the day of Pentecost as you fell upon the 120 in the upper room. We are persistent. Don't pass us by. We're just being obedient. You said, if this is what you want, then kneel so that I may immerse you, baptize you, pour my life on you, anoint you for service. Fall, Spirit of God, fall, Spirit of God. We are, you're not doing us a favor. I'm sorry, we are not doing you a favor, Holy Spirit. You are doing us a favor. Take this body, take this mind, take these feet, hands, take this heart. Belongs to you. Anoint though, anoint this church. I'm not asking for myself. I don't want individual anointings. I want the anointing on this church, on this people, oh God. They are your people. Anoint, oh God. Break heaven. Come, Holy Spirit. Let the dove descend. Jesus walked into the water. When he came out, a dove descended on him. Come upon this church. Come upon this church. We persist. We will not back off. You will not have us leaving you. But descend, let heavens open. Let Matthew 4 happen and I saw heavens open and I saw a dove descend. Let it happen to the sons of the living God. So God, let it happen, I pray in Jesus' name. I want it for the whole church of God and anyone else that listens from here on. Ah, oh, fall spirit of God, please. Not just, I don't want it for me, I want it for the entire church, everyone. For the church of God, this is your body. Tongues of fire, Spirit of God, please. Settling on different heads, yet coming from one soul, Spirit of God, please.
Just as there were 13 nations that day in Jerusalem. So what I'll start today will spread to the nations, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I will cause nations to be affected by you, my children, by you, my children. I'm going to scatter you. I'm going to send you out. I'm going to scatter you. You are good seed. I can scatter you. I can place you in different places, different nations. You will father 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 nations. In this city you will father nations. In this city you will father nations. In this city you will father nations. If that is why you're here, then the Holy Spirit says, write down my voice, or here, listen to my voice from Acts 13.2. Listen to my voice from Acts 13.2, where I said to them while they were praying, set aside for me Paul and Barnabas. I say now, set aside for me Tate and Evans, set aside for me Betty and Emily, set aside for me Sue and Ruth, set aside for me Joan and Anne, set aside for me Derek and Jeevan, set aside for me Dawn and Jacob, set aside for me Praful and Prashant, set aside for me, listen to my voice, I'm commissioning you today. I'm not content with sitting in your services, I want you to be at my service wherever I go from this day on. This is a co-mission and a commission. Write down on your piece of paper, on your phone right now, symbolically say, okay, here I am, I hear you. I hear you, set apart for me. Set apart for me, Paul and Barnabas. Time has come to send you guys out two by two with no control but with plenty of framework. To do what you do best. So Holy Spirit, I ask that for, the act, for this church. We take off our blinders. We take off the limits. We take off all, all bets are off. We just go as you want us to go. Let this day be a day of reckoning where suddenly there's a lot of scattering that happens. A lot of individual stories that come back. Please ask for that. And finally, the Holy Spirit says, if you are planning to relate to me this way, and if you are here at this moment in time to walk with me, then he says, rise to your feet. If you're at home, you can do this easily, but rise to your feet and then put on your shoes, for I'm sending you just as the Father sent me. Sorry, he says, rise to your feet, and then put on your shoes, for I'm sending you as the Father sent Jesus, and Jesus sent me. I'm sending you as the Father sent Jesus, and Jesus sent me. 
so I'm sending you. I've always been ascending God. The Father has always been ascending God. Jesus has always been ascending Lord. I am one who sends too. And so put on your shoes because I give you my word, says the Holy Spirit, that this church will be a church that is sent out. So we receive that. Yes, we receive that, Lord. We receive that. That this church is a church that is sent out. Sent out to do what? To represent you accurately. And what else? To bring in people. To bring in people. Sent out to set others apart. Set apart to be sent out to set others apart. We go back to some of the old basics today. Let me conclude. You can sit. The Holy Spirit says, Acts 29, recognize my ownership. Recognize my ownership. Recognize my ownership. Let what I've started today on Pentecost 2021 not be stopped. Achieve critical mass. Cross that threshold. Don't have me have Jacob preach anything like this again because this will be history. It won't be what you need to hear again and again. You teach this to those that are coming. But Acts 29, I'm saying to you, recognize my ownership. You belong to me. Your house is not your own anymore. I'm talking about you as individuals and I'm talking about you as a church. This church does not belong to you anymore. You do not belong to yourself. You were bought. This house is mine. Recognize ownership. Acts 29. Cross the threshold. Don't go back ever again. I also want to tell you that the story of Ruth was set during Shavuot. That whole book of Ruth that you, some of you have read was set during the time of Shavuot, during the time of harvest. And it is time for you, Acts 29, to become Boaz, the kinsman redeemer. I want you to go redeem Ruth the Moabitess. I want you to restore to her her dignity. I want you to restore to her her desolate heritage. I want you to give to her her legacy because out of that legacy came her great-grandchild, Jesus of Nazareth. I want you to be Boaz. I love that name for you, Acts 29. I love that name for you. Boaz, the kinsman redeemer. Even though it's not his place, he squeezes himself in between, gives away his dignity, his inheritance, so that a Moabitess may have the riches that belong to the children of God. I call you Boaz. There's something else you need to realize, that if you, Jacob, are going to say on behalf of Acts 29, if people are at, at Acts 29 and going to get up every day and Go back to the operative word I said is over you. That we are seed for the Holy Spirit scattering today. Then I want you to know that before I scatter you every day, you must give up. What do I mean by that? Go back to John 3.16. It says, God so loved the world that he gave up. Can I ask that of you? Can I ask that of you? Can I... At will, take what I want from your life, Jacob. 
You cannot follow me without giving up. You're scared, right, to say yes? But acknowledge it and I'll help you. So that like the Father, John 3.16 will be easy for you. Jacob so loved the world, Acts 29 so loved the world, that they gave up. You have no idea how much the father loves the son. But then, you have no idea how much he loves you to give up the one he absolutely loves. God so loved the world that he gave up. If you want me to scatter you at my will and pleasure, I also need you to get up every morning and say, Holy Spirit, I'm here to give up who I am and what I have so that you may scatter me as you please today for the benefit of the Moabitess. Man, you're demanding too much, Holy Spirit. I'm scared, Lord. This is when part of us wants to be wise like Thomas, but the part that really overpowers is, the, is to be foolish like Peter. So make us a vessel, make us an offering, make us whatever you want us to be. We came here with nothing, but all you have given us, Jesus make new wine. Out of us. Now we're going to sing it individually, which is a little trickier and harder and committing more. So I ask, make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever. You want me to be. I came here with nothing. And all that you've given me. 
Jesus, bring new wine out of me. It's strange, Haba. We come here with nothing. You give us things. We gain things. And then we don't want to give that up to the one who gave us it to start with. So now we change the words a third time. This time we're not saying, make me a vessel. We're going to say, take me a vessel. We're saying, we're not even saying one day make us. We are saying, right now, take us. So we'll change the words and then go to the last point. Take me a vessel. Take me an offering. Take me whatever you want me to be. One more time. Take me a vessel. Take me an offering. Take me whatever you want me to be. I've come here with nothing. With all that you've given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. The last thing I want to say to you is that a little more than 3,000 years ago, I was there in Exodus 24, verse 3, at the first Pentecost, when Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, and they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said we will do. Those were some of the sweetest words we heard that day. In our omniscience, we knew how things would turn out with Israel. But it is still a day to mark. And I heard an entire people that had been miraculously delivered from Egypt. I was there. You read about me in both in Deuteronomy and Isaiah 60, where it mentions me as the one, not Isaiah 60. I was there in Isaiah, where they mentioned me as the one who walked with them in the desert. I was there on the day, the first Pentecost that happened, I was there. Those words meant so much to us coming from a people who had been redeemed by Yahweh. Exodus 24, verse 3. When Moses went and told the people all that Yahweh had said to them, in terms of the words and the laws, they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. I told Jacob this morning that listen, don't plan any songs. Just let things free flow. And he wouldn't call Jane and say that to her because he didn't want to put her in a spot. But what he didn't know was I told Jane the same thing. 
They don't plan any songs. Just free flow. So now as you respond to all that I have said, I want you to see if you can come to a place where you can say what they said that day that I still remember in Exodus 24.3. That all that you have said, O Lord, we will do. I am for you. Remember what I said to you when we talked about conspiring with the Spirit? I am part of the Godhead, but I play on your team. I'm your inside man in heaven. I'm for you. Allow me to help you explore God here on earth and taste Him like you can't imagine. I want to take you past Paul, past David, past Moses. I want to take you as a people to places others haven't been so that you can carve and pave the way for others to enter. Jane too.
time. We give you all the glory. We worship you, our God. You are worthy to be praised. One last time, you are Alpha. You are Alpha and Omega. You are Alpha and Omega. Holy Spirit. You are Alpha. And Omega, we worship you, our God. You are worthy to be praised. Father, as we go into just a sustained time of worship. I just pray that we find songs that will allow us to yield and that we don't lose focus of the fact that you Holy Spirit aren't done that the teaching is just a setup so that you can do in us more before we live we'll conclude with communion but I know that the teaching was just in, uh, was intended to open us up like a flower so that you can pollinate us now, so that you can pollinate us now with heaven. So Father, I just pray that you would give Jane the ability to find, locate songs that allow us to yield to you. And then help her locate songs that will allow us to, f- allow you to flood us. That seems to be the way you're going. Locate songs. I will help her locate songs so that you can yield to me. Then I will help her locate songs so that we can flood you. So looking forward to this time of worship. So looking forward to it. You are a good God. You are a good God. You are a good God. Oh, we yield ourselves, we open up our lives. You are a good God, you are present, you are here. Oh, I, on the behalf of this church, open up this church for your movement, for your presence, for your will. Oh God, I open up this church for your will. You are the owner, you are the one who paid a price. Oh, Jesus, you are Lord of this church. You are the Christ, the anointed one. We belong to you. So I open up, I open up the gates, not of the city, but of this church, so that the king may enter in, so that the king may enter in. So ya fire, 
Sena Braia so Shiaravayesei Where there is new wine, there is new power, there is new freedom, and your kingdom is kingdom is here. There is freedom. All of these things are here. And we lay down our old flames to carry your new fire today. Yeah. 
up spirit of the living God. We'll just do verse two. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we're leaning into all you are, and everything else can wait. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, come now and breathe upon our hearts, come now and have your way.
faithful at making all things new. Hallelujah. 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 You can just push backwards there. We have a plate. We do. 
I want us to turn to Ezekiel 47 because that's what I feel we should read before breaking bread. Ezekiel 47. Could you take out a few in this, Don, and then bring, bring it back? Ezekiel 47. Thanks. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out of the out from under the threshold of the temple. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me across the outside to the outer gate facing east and the water was flowing from the south side. That part can be quite confusing, but now begins the part that we really want to look at. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through waters that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then he led me to the back of the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arba, where it enters the sea. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shores from Engedi to Eneglaim. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. The leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. And before we uh, partake of the bread and the grape juice, one of the things I, want, uh, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to say to us is that you are looking for a repetition of Acts chapter 2. You're looking for a repetition of Acts chapter 8. You're looking for a repetition of the book of Acts. And yet, it was I who gave you the name Acts 29. Why do you keep looking for a repeat of what happened then when I'm taking you somewhere to do something that I have not done yet? Your very name requires that you stop looking at past markers and milestones as the way things should happen in the future. And so as you break bread and eat today, that is what you must think of. That you, you lay down your old flames to carry a new fire today. That you're not going to look back to figure out what this revival looks like because you have not gone where I am taking you. Ankle deep, knee deep, that is 
way behind you. Waist deep and now a river that you cannot swim in and you do not have any control in. That is where I'm taking you. So Jacob stopped looking for a mighty rushing wind to come into this house. If that happens right now, the government will shut you down. So don't look for things in the book of Acts in chapter 2. You look for patterns of God, but you don't look for events of God. You look for what I have said and my truth. So that's what we do, Father. We take this bread and we remember something that Jesus said, that this is a new day. This is a new day. I have come to make everything new. A new day. When they taught us that song when we were kids, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It is a new day. Today is a new day for this church and therefore for the earth. So in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you as we partake of this bread. And like you broke it, I break it. And you said take eat. And so we take and eat, saying, this is a new day. And we remember the operative word, that we are seed for the scattering by the Holy Spirit. This is a new day. We now eat Jesus to your glory, to your honor, right now. The Holy Spirit says, before you partake of the uh, blood, I want you to focus on the second part of Ezekiel 47. This is what you should expect. That when it empties into the sea, verse 8, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Glaim. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kind. Love that. Like the fish of the great sea. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. The leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month, every month, they will bear because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Hallelujah. Thanks. Holy Spirit, we drink to that. We drink to what your son wants to do through us, through your church, through this small church. We drink to that. We say, let the waters flow from this well called Acts 29. You are the water, Holy Spirit. We are just the well. We are also the ones who pull water out of the wells with much joy, as it says in Isaiah 12. We drink to that right now, Jesus. We remember you. We remember what you've done.
We remember how you purchased us so that we become a temple of the Holy Spirit so that he can flow from the throne that you have established in this church, first as a trickle, then knee-deep, waist-deep, till it's a river that cannot be stopped. Let that be so, Jesus, to your glory, so that the will of the Father may prosper through you and through this body that belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we finish, or not before we finish, how we finish is Jane will locate songs that allow God to flood us in our openness. So we'll sing maybe one or one and a half songs or two songs that way, where God is saying, okay, I see you open. I will flood you with my power, my grace, my ability. And then in conclusion, We'll just sing that song, uh, the part of that song that talks about graves into gardens. Just that part, not the entire song. That part, if necessary, repeat a couple of times because that's something he wants to do. But before we go to graves into gardens or that part of the song, I want us to sing something that allows God to say, okay, I have seen your openness, your yieldedness. I can't contain myself. I love flowing into open places and you are open. And as the song happens, just open up your lives. Open up our lives. They sing for the church. Please don't sing for yourself. Sing for the rest of us so that everyone is covered as the Holy Spirit comes flooding in. Can you pull up? Uh, I think it's called I've Got a River of Life. It's like Sunday school song. <laughs> and I think we'll just sing it a cappella. Yeah. But the words are I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, it opens prisons' doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Spring up, oh well and make me whole. Spring up, oh well, and give to me. I forget the last line, actually. Something about abundant, that life abundant, more abundantly, okay. Hopefully, did you find it? people know it enough you think okay i've got a river of life flowing out of me which makes the lame to walk and the blind to see opens prison doors sets the captives free oh i've got a river of life flowing out of me spring up oh well and make me whole spring up oh well and make me whole, spring up a well, and give to me that life abundantly. Oh, we've got a river of life flowing out of us, 
that makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It'll open prison doors, set the captives free. Because we've got a river of life flowing out of us. Spring up, oh well, and make my soul spring up, oh well. And make us whole, spring up, oh well, and give to us that life abundantly. Oh, we've got a river of life flowing out of us. It'll make the lame to walk and the blind to see. Open prison doors, set the captives free. Oh, we've got a river of life flowing out of us. Spring up, oh well, within our souls. Spring up, oh well, and make us whole. Spring up, oh well, and give to us that life abundantly. Spring up, oh well, within our soul, within our soul. Spring up, oh well, make us whole, and make us whole. Spring up, oh well, and give to us that life abundantly. He is the Lord and he reigns on high. He is the Lord. That one? Okay.
your gospel, Lord. Your gospel, O Lord, is the hope of our nation. You are the Lord. It's the power of God for our salvation. You are the Lord. And we ask not for riches, but look to the cross. Because you are the Lord. For our inheritance gave us the lost. You are the Lord. Send your power, O oh Lord our God. Send your power, O oh Lord our God. Take it one note higher. not for riches we ask not for riches but look to the cross you are the Lord for our inheritance gave us the lost you are the Lord clapping at home because we are here We lift you up, we lift you up, we 
we lift you up on our praises. We lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up on our praises. Be enthroned. Be enthroned on our praise. Arise, King of Kings. Holy God, as we sing, be enthroned. Ba ba ba, ba ba ba. Arise, King of Kings, Holy God, as we sing. We lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up on our praises. We lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up on our praises. Amen. You can pray, and then if you want to even read out the words of graves to gardens or sing it. Yeah. You can either pray and do it, or do it and pray. Then we close early. This is what happens when I do the teaching first and Jane doesn't do worship first. About you turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. Yeah. Abba, you turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You are the only one who can. Mm. Hallelujah. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones Hallelujah. into armies. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You turn seas into highways. Yeah. You're the only one who can. Feel free to pray, Betty. One and more then time. Jane, you can conclude. Yeah. Last time, because this is true, and it's worth repeating. So we proclaim, Abba, in the name of Jesus, that you are the one, that you turn graves into gardens. Hallelujah. You turn bones into armies. Praise God, man. You turn seas, impossible things, Abba. Yeah. Into highways. Hallelujah. And you, you, the most high, Hallelujah. are the only one who can. Hallelujah. And we follow you yeah. all the days of our life. Yeah. And we submit to you, Abba, yeah. all the things that you've given us. So we can pour we can be poured out empty for you, for your kingdom, and for your people. Yeah. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Good? Yeah. Charles for now. <laughs>